I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Layman's Term Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Hey, here we go. Here we are. Back again. And we have a special guest. Very special guest. Introduce our guest, Keith. Uh, This is Corey. Uh, so Mitch, Keith, and Corey, um, just one a good friend of ours that we thought we'd uh, we thought we'd come in and and do a couple episodes. Hold on, us. I don't even know if he's qualified. Corey, this is layman's term show. I need you to give us your formal Christian education history. Go. Perfect, and, and that was it. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> there it is. Matches the rest <laughs> of ours. Also a layman, not lame. Well, but lay. we will decide at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, don't jump to that Flip conclusion. Flip the Sansa timer. <laughs> All right. So we are on a uh, five-part series, I think five. Hey, we're in part four, right? We're in part four, uh, and we're really talking about the journey um, uh, from to, like, Yeah, discipleship know, journey. Discipleship journey. Um, and so this episode, we're really talking about uh, going from a consumer to a contributor. Uh, so, uh, you know... I'll, I'll, I'll shoot this one to Corey. Corey, what was your first paying job? My first paying job, I was, um, I think, 13, 14, and uh, my friend and I bid on the um, to mow the lawn at one of the senior facilities here in town. Oh, okay. And we won the bid. We were surprised, and then we, we, we quickly learned that we had significantly underbid the job. <laughs> When that took us like nine hours to do the first the first day, <laughs> didn't pay for gas at all, did it? <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we, we did all right, but I could see why nobody else wanted to do it for what we had bid. Mitch, you? So we're talking like formal paying job, not like formal paying, not like babysitting or, or side hustle cash. Well, under I the think table. babysitting could be a good formal job. Do you think? Yeah, 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 for sure. Not like a nanny. I'm just talking like neighbor. Yeah, yeah. If you've got, yeah, if you develop a brand and a reputation, you could book yourself every single weekend and have a. Oh, you mean a career babysitter? Well, at not a, just the at, occasional. At the age of thirteen, you could be a career babysitter. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not babysitting I'm not, at first. I'm, no, I did a bit of it. Yeah, I did a bit of it. Um, I wouldn't say it was a career. Um, I I had a I, I was when I was sixteen, and I had a car, um, and I needed. To pay for it, it's gas and all the things. Um, I had a friend whose mom managed the Hardee's. Oh. And I worked at Hardee's. All right. For four days. <laughs> you made it four days. Within those four days, uh, a good friend of mine who, uh, well, turned into a good friend of mine, turned into a mentor, um, turned into a, a second father figure, um, offered me a job to do lawn mowing, landscaping, stuff like that. Um, great story. I ran into him at the barbershop, and he said, Buman, is that your car out there? I said, yep. He said, did you drive it here legally? I said, yes, <laughs> yeah. I did. He said, would you like a job? I said, yes, I do. Way better than Hardee's. Way better than Hardee's. Worked for him for six years, all the way through college. It was yeah. great. So is that where you developed your love of of working with your hands outdoors? Of, of uh, I always enjoyed such, it. Or did you like that beforehand? I always enjoyed it beforehand, but that's, I mean, that was... That was just somebody gave me an opportunity, took a chance on me to just mm. and put me to work, and I didn't want to let them down. And that was my first gig, and it lasted a long time. What did you 
follow-up question what did oh i need to know what keith's first paying gig was uh writing computer code for bill gates (laughs) no um i did i did lawns around the neighborhood uh i had two or three lawns that i did every summer um but around that same time i my first job was at a roller skating rink um the owner knew my mom she used to cut his hair and stuff in town and uh i was like 12 maybe 13 you know kind of a little cash under the table uh and then i quickly uh started doing his books for him Uh, i knew it i knew knew there was something beyond lawn care and so i i i did i did his i did his accounting because it would take him forever. He had a third grade education. This guy was this guy was amazing. He had a third grade education. Had to leave third grade because um, his dad passed away, and he was the oldest of like five kids. And so he had to go get a, he had to go get a job to take care of the the family. And um, so he uh, was in and out of businesses. Had a roller skating rink. Had two roller skating rinks. One in uh, Nevada, not the state, the city. And uh, because he, he was I can tell by the way you Nevada. Announce, yeah, uh, announce and so the, the, the A, yeah. 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 Uh, and so, anyway, it would take him like it would take him half an hour to type up like a memo or something, you know, to the employees. So uh, he he would grab me to do it. The next thing you know, he's like dictating, and I'm just like typing, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be handing out skates right now. What are we doing? What are we doing? So it's three bucks an hour. It's great. Have you seen uh, that did to uh, college. that cartoon trolls? With the with the roller skating scene, yes, and the princess, whatever name it, yes, yeah. that's, that's the visual I have right now. Yeah, I was actually a really good roller skater. I I can see it. I moved up to a floor guard and everything. I had a whistle, twirling around, skate backwards. Oh yeah, forward, backwards, turn. Can you you can skate backwards still to this day? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no problem. I saw my roller skates. Hey, viewers. We're gonna do an episode of Keith, <laughs> oh, no. of Keith skating. I'm, I'm probably not as graceful as I was when I was, you know, can't back out of ninety it now. pounds. You cannot back out of it now. <laughs> well, you think, have if skates? You, think if you <laughs> yeah. bought new skates with the modern technology. I don't think skates better, have changed that be. much in thirty years, much less uh, the past twenty. Uh, no, but yeah, I saw them skates. So they fit. Um, I put them. I put them on, and uh, I actually have video of my wife wearing them. Uh, it was like raining outside, and we were like in the garage, and she's skating around, uh, and almost busted. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. Now, so the reason I ask about the the <clears throat> wait, you got a follow up question you wanted to do to Corey? You don't remember, do you? No, I don't. Hey, that's, I do that's have a follow up. We're far into the episode now. We and are. People deep. want to know. Yes. The answer to last week's, uh, where does all Mitch's time go? question remember i don't remember i was clocking how much time i spend oh doing laundry doing laundry that's right because i don't think it takes much time at all the washer and dryer do all the work that is that is true but you also have to be available for the washer and dryer so you can't start other projects that you can't finish you know like you can't pause that other project sure you can't you throw it in in the morning and Flip it when you get home. No, my wife says it's impossible. She just has to sit on the couch and go- scroll through Facebook. Oh, because she can leave. That. All right. Well, Sorry, that, was, that was terrible. <laughs> well, here it is. I I timed it. Do you? Are there any guesses? So how many loads for so one this week? Is, this is I did it all week. Like every time I did it during the week, 
Um, How now, many what days I of do, laundry did you do? What I didn't do uh-huh. is I didn't fold or put away the children's clothes. That is their responsibility. But see, they talk about how long, how much work, how hard it yes. is to do yes. their laundry. But you did yours. I did all mine. Okay. Um, Laura and I. Right. Yep. And then um, we would only let one of us do anything. It's like if she was going to fold it, I'd start the timer. I'm going to go 32 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go less. I'll take the under. I'll go 17. It was... 19 minutes, 51 Dang. seconds. Dang. It's pretty good. It's one week. One week. It's been one week. Um, anyway, I know everybody's waiting for that. You yes. log off now. No, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great segue. Cause what we were really talking about is, um, so when you're, when you grow up, when you're growing up, right, you have chores that you have to do. My kids have chores. We've talked about them on podcasts before. Um, and then as you get older, the chores change, right? So they go from, uh, you know, my my three almost four year old just has to pick up his toys in his room right that's his chore and then as he gets older he'll start having to sweep the floor or do something else right um so really uh go you're really consuming as a as a child right um and i and i mean more than food but you're really you're taking 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 and then at a certain point you hit where you have to you have to give back right you have to contribute to the family doing chores maybe getting a job to pay for your own gas and your own car that kind of stuff um so what do you think of the phrase maturing christians don't just consume we contribute Corey? yeah i mean i, I obviously I, I would agree with that um and I think it, it's certainly it's certainly true in the Christian context. I think it's true in in any meaningful relationship. Mm. If if uh, you know if 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 you're in a relationship with somebody on any on any level, uh, and, and you're not and you're only consuming, mm. then, uh, then then that relationship is unhealthy. That's and, a great point. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. That's the definition of maturing in any relationship is contributing to mm-hmm. it to the health of it. Yeah. So yeah, as Christians, um, you know, it's a larger, I think, recognizing the family relationship dynamic of Christianity. So you can have this personal mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus, but part of that family dynamic relationship, to have a healthy relationship with him, you have to contribute the family as a whole, to the body as a whole. Yeah. So when you when we when when I say the word contribute, what what pops up in your mind? Like what what immediately like contribute? Like instead of consuming, you contribute. What does that mean? Well, I love your child model. Mm-hmm. You're talking about pitching in around the house, doing chores, mm-hmm. moving from you know. There's no um, it's kind of it's there's no financial stuff involved there. It's kind of it's kind of in the process of how this works. But if in a way, right, like. If everybody pitches in in the family and cleans the house, mm-hmm. well, then you're not paying somebody to clean the house. If everybody pitches in and does their own laundry, is responsible, contributes for their own laundry, you're not paying for that. Um, you know, you look back in history, most, you know, there are families that you either cooked for someone else or you paid someone to cook for you, mm-hmm. right? But when you start preparing your own meals, doing your own grocery shopping, you know, that's contributing, but it's not, it's not producing income but it's reducing the flow outflow mm-hmm. of the income mm-hmm. so um i think that maturity level 
in your contribution scale. It doesn't have to be. Um, I think the baseline is doing something um, physically to participate. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that is where it comes into once you have financial means to contribute, then it starts that financial contribution journey, that that giving, um, that selfless giving that, um, to pitching into the family. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I've, I think that two of the harder steps of, of the Christian life is first, I think the first, the hardest step is to walk into a church for the first time. It's like the hardest step to do, right? You can, you can go online, you can watch the service online. That's very, very benign, right? Um, because you don't have to really interact with anybody. You can, you know, do, you know, you, you can, you can fold laundry while you're, you're, you're watching the service, right? But like taking that first step into a church is probably the hardest initial step as a Christian, right? Then, then I would say that, that then turns into, um, regularly attending and not just like, oh, shoot, offering, here's five bucks or whatever I have, but actually going into and saying, I'm going to make a conscious effort to regularly give X amount of dollars, right? Not necessarily talking about tithing or anything like that, but just X amount of dollars. I'm going to give X amount of dollars every week, whatever, set it up. Because I think to you and to kind of your point, um, and I'll, I'll use different phraseology, I think to really contribute. Is that a word? Phraseology. It is. Yes. Uh, to really contribute, it has to, it has to hurt a little, right? It has to hurt your time. It has to hurt. It has to hurt something. So, if, and I'll give a great example, right? If uh, if I've got if I've got a bag of old Parker clothes, right, and you know they don't fit them anymore, and I'm like they're just taking up space in my closet. And my next door neighbor's got a kid on the way. And I'm like, hey, you want a bunch of clothes? And they're like, yeah, that actually helps me, right? Because then it, I get rid of them. They're out of my house. Um, but like when you've got, say, at, at Christmas or Easter, we do a special offering, right, for something. Or there's a, there's a, a need in the church for something that we're going to partner with a school or something. By then going out and buying something and giving that up, that hurts you, both your time and and your resources, and so I, maybe hurts not the best word, but yeah, I would I would phrase it slightly different differently. I think I mean I think right the the concept and economics of opportunity cost right it costs you something it costs you something yeah and then yeah. then 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 you, yeah again what you contribute here you can't contribute there yeah uh, and and I think that 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 aligns with what you're talking about mm-hmm. which um, you know again and that's that's true of your time that's true of your of your financial yep. gifts. Um, you know, you know, one thing we haven't touched on is, is prayer life, right? You know, for me, this is, you know, apart from the financial piece, um, this is probably where where I've I've noticed this myself, or, or noticed this most in myself, right? Mm-hmm. When early on in my in in my life as a Christian, you know, my prayers were, were pretty probably sparse um, and certainly pretty self focused, self interested, selfish, mm-hmm. uh, and I think over time, one of the ways. Uh, I think one of the ways that you can sort of gauge um, how you're growing in your faith is is sort of think, paying attention to what you're praying for and mm-hmm. what you're praying about. Outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah so if you think about, you know, and I, I, I tend to be sort of methodolog- 
I have a methodology to the way I do most things. And that's so a I, word. Yeah, <laughs> that's, Nailed that's it. a word. Nailed it. Um, and so I, I, I tend to pray sort of in the same order um, of, of things. Um, but, you know, if you think about when, when next time you go to pray, what's the first thing you're going you know, to pray for? Is it, gee, I'd love X, Y, Z for, for myself or for my family. Now, there's anything wrong with that. But or is it, gee, I heard so-and-so's struggling with something. Mm-hmm. Is that the first thing that sort of comes onto your heart when you when you go to pray? That's taking that step step in maturity of um, a gratitude, gratitude for your position and situation, um, and then recognizing that others are in a lesser situation. You know, you're doing you're getting into the comparison and doing what you can do and what you can do at that point in time. Um, may be limited to prayer or maybe the prayer is limited to, you know, Lord, what else can I do beyond this prayer? Show me what I can do to contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think you can use the same language, right? From consuming to contributing, even in your, in your prayer, right? From consuming that time, um, that you, that you do, even if it is limited, um, to yourself or your maybe your 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 family bubble, right? Hey, and um, we're uh, we're all we're all Methodist here, um, and we're all members, First United Methodist Church, mm-hmm. um, and we all take an vow to support the church, the local church, mm-hmm. with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and, and our witness. So those are all areas of contribution. Yeah. Oh yeah. And 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 some of us are probably better at certain areas than others, right? So yeah, definitely. Um, so I, so I, you know, I, I'm a pretty open book, right? Like I'll talk about anything at any time with anybody. Like I don't, I don't shy away from it. Yeah, right? That's why we have to edit the podcast. That's why we have to edit the podcast a lot. Um, unfortunately, but like, I, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from a conversation. Right. Um, it, my wife would say it's cause I like to argue. I don't look at it that way. I like to discuss feverishly sometimes. Um, but why is first, why is talking about money in general so difficult, right? But then why why is it when you connect um, faith and 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 money such a hard conversation to have for most people? Even even most pastors would tell you that they they dislike talking about it. Yes, yeah, I mean it's a great question. I think um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. The, the great some of the greatest stress that are the, the, one of the greatest stressors in in the majority uh, maybe even most people's lives is it can be related to finances in, in in some way shape form or fashion and again we get back to talking about our opportunity cost um, you know if you think about the, the the basic needs that people have and then once you kind of graduate uh, once you kind of graduate beyond your basic needs, and we talked about this at, at, at our our small group the other day, going night. up the the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy yeah. of need. Yeah, we kind of talked about you know once once we solved once we solved nerd fire alert, and, nerd alert nerd alert <laughs> sorry once we once we solved fire and shelter yeah right mm. uh, the problems of all you know thousands of years ago pr- the problems have all kind of been the same and and money is one of them mm. right uh, money um, because it's so. Uh, desired by basically everybody, right? Um, it, it, it brings itself, it, it carries a lack of trust or, or a natural um, dubiousness or a natural um, 
yeah, sort of sort of distrust. And so when you when you when you bring that into the the framework of of a church and being part of a church, um, and you think about okay, does this church want me or do they just want my money or do they mm-hmm. care if I show mm-hmm. up as long as my you know as long as my my tithe hits on the on the fifteenth of the month? Uh, and so I, I think that's you know I think that's that's a big piece of it. Yeah, and one of the things I think um, is part of part of the misconception, or at least um, in our small part of the country, or the 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 disconnected part of American culture that I participate in. Right, we've decided I'm completely un pop culture yeah, educated. Right, I'm correct. pretty out of touch. With Sheltered, pretty much what everything. I would say. Right, uh, but I have a I have a correct me if. Or, let me know if you agree or disagree with this. I think in general, people have a different view of the church and every single other nonprofit organization mm. that's out there. Okay. Right? I'm going to say, like, whenever there's the um, the Sarah McLaughlin... Uh, the what's in the, the arms of an angel? What's the, yeah, for the dogs. The yeah, for the the humane, humane society, society or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have. Them so all. yeah, it's not. I don't have right, my I'm acronyms. Sorry. I don't have not a sponsor. Out, right? Neither is Sarah McLaughlin. Um, but people see that and they think, oh, when I give to that, I am to hundred percent of my dollars going to save them puppies, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think they differentiate they don't recognize the administrative mm-hmm. parts of all those organizations mm-hmm. and they do those organizations do a lot of good and they they help countless people pets in this situation in my analogy um, but people differentiate those from the church mm-hmm and people have very specific thoughts about where their gift to the local church ought to be go gone to and used, right? Yeah. So if every penny that went to the Humane Society bought puppy food, there would just be a big warehouse of puppy food sitting and rotting and not making it to puppies. It takes countless, you know, it takes administration, it takes um, infrastructure, it takes organization, it takes um, it takes volunteers, mm-hmm. it takes employees, it takes um, logistics and cooperation and accounting and finance and um, for that nonprofit to to especially be effect- as that nonprofit scales to be effective right. to be effective in its mission. Yeah. Um, I would agree, and I would look at it. Um, I would look at it in another way too. That's very connected. Is that I really, I really started to first understand giving when it was phrased this way to me, which is um, I could take, you know, let's say, let's say I, I've got two thousand dollars that I give annually to the church, right? I could take that two thousand dollars, and I could probably make an impact somewhere, right? Like I could go to um, most of the things that I really connect with are are, are food related, right? Um, so feeding the hungry, you know, that kind of, so I could go down to the carny food pantry, give them a check for $2,000 and they'll do some good with that. Right. Um, but when you, when you really look at 
Now, if I've got 2,000 and you've got 2,000 and you got 2,000, you've got 100 people with $2,000 and you put that together, what kind of good could you do with that, right? And how, how, what kind of an impact could you make with that, with that, um, that collection, that combined resources? Uh, and I think that that logically like hit me really well. Um, so if you liked puppies and you were like, oh, I like puppies, I want to save the puppies, you could take your 200 bucks or whatever that you would give the Humane Society and try to go help a puppy, right? But you're not going to do it in the same way that the Humane Society will. Correct. Right? Because they can take that $200 and instead, you know, and, and multiply it and be able to help more with that same amount of money than, than you would be able to do by yourself, right? Um, and so I think that that, for me, is one of the big differences um, as well with giving your money to an organization that then can can use it, right? Um, so when you believe in, um, circle this back to our church, and you know our mission is to um, create new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Mm-hmm. So we can only change the world by by being the church, being the body of Christ, um, sharing the message. Um, our vision is to you know help people uh, know Christ grow together in community, and then go serve. Um, and to be an organization that does that, um, it takes it takes everybody's contributions, right? Mm-hmm. Their prayers, their presence, Present. their gifts, yeah. their service, their witness. They got to show up. They got to prayerfully be engaged. Um, they got to be, they got to be involved. They got to be ready to pitch in and contribute um, in, in all manners. But if there's no financial contribution to that nothing in that mission or that vision mm-hmm. can get can get uh can get carried out yeah i agree <laughs> i don't i i'm not gonna so add why anything is it else such to that. A, why is it such a hard conversation to get on board with i think it comes Skepti- back to skepticism Corey's. um Corey's comment of it's not, I'm going to paraphrase that, you know, it's not necessarily the money is the root of all evil. And then when you tie it, it's that the greed is, and we get that confused as well in our culture that, you know, greed is the greed is the root and we play it off as money. So we try to blame the money. And then we're like, why would we take something good and pure um, like Christ's redeeming love, grace, mercy, and our salvation and, muddle it with the evils and ills of well, currency. I don't, I don't know. I, t- personally, I, I'm not sure that that's the, that's the, for, that might be an underlying thought. Um, I, I just, I think it's, uh, I think it's skepticism. And I really think we, we have the ability uh, as a society to take um, the actions of a few and magnify it as the many. Right. We, we, we take a look at, you know, um, one or two instances of something happening and then we're like, oh, my gosh, mm. this is this is a pro- this is a <clears throat> pandemic of blank. Right. The corruption. The, the one cor- corrupt one corrupt church story. Yeah. Turns in taints. It turns, the turns public into, you know, view. and to be fair, um, when you when you when you have a message when you're trying to, as a church, when you're trying to give the message of Christ, and then you have a, a somebody that does ill with money or whatever, 
then it, it taints that message. Yeah. Right. And then it's hard to, it's hard for people that are not believers to be able to look at it and say, you believe the same thing that guy does and that guy did that. Right. So you must be like that guy, right. That comparison, yeah. um, mind frame, um, and, and, and so I think I think it's part of that. I think it's part of nature too. We, when we've talked about this before, I'm not sure on the podcast or not, but uh, it's our human nature to identify whether something's a threat or not, right? That fight or flight response. And so we're constantly pulling in stimuli, trying to determine if something's going, if something is, is a threat to us, right? Or if it's safe. And so I think that that combined with seeing actions that are, not in line with what we would want done, uh, it looks like that's a threat. That's a threat. That's a threat. And I and I I think that's probably for me the big one of the big reasons why it's difficult to talk about money in church is because you know the people that do give regularly are probably going to continue to give regularly no matter how often you talk about money. Right? It's the people that that don't that hard. That hard transition from consuming mm. to contributing, that really hard step, those are the people you're trying to reach. And that immediately that's going to go, is this a threat, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that response, that innate response is going to kick in. And really all you're trying to communicate is it's freeing. It's liberating to, um, to turn something over so precious to us um, faithfully. You know, to um, having your faith in Christ, having your faith in um, you will be okay. This is okay. Everything's going to be all right. You're faithfully, joyfully being obedient to uh, this mission of being a disciple, which is for the sake of others. Yeah. So um, that connection relationship that as a Christian, you have that. Um, relation you once you've experienced that relationship with Christ and that assurance um, you want that for everyone so how do you share it well you share it with your witness um, and you know faithfully giving is a also a testament Corey yeah so a couple things. One, you know, the, the reason why we're sitting in a Methodist church today doing this and not in a cathedral um, in, in no small part is because of significant financial corruption in, in the church mm. many, many years ago, right? So um, kind of back to my earlier comment of this, is, this has been an issue since the very beginning, right? Mm. Jesus went into the temple and started throwing money changers around. Uh, Mitch, correct me if I, don't, if I didn't quite get that story right. Um, we didn't throw them. He threw the, the table. table. But yeah. I've often said, I, I've often said, um, you know, I, I I love that I love that um, scripture because it's that can be my kind of Jesus every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while, table needs flipped over. Well, I, I, I love you know Adam loves to say right. Um, you know, Jesus didn't get crucified for telling everybody to love one yeah. another, right? Yeah. Um, no. pretty, but I, my, I love what you said. Um, it, I think it's difficult for, for for many of us to connect the work we do on a daily basis that you know probably most of us would like to be doing something else, right? There's a reason sure. why they have to pay. They call it work because there's a reason why they have to pay you to do it. 
Otherwise, it's you know it's something else, and uh, and it's it's difficult to connect that with your sort of daily grind of of whatever it is that you do for a living. Um, maybe present company not totally included in this one, but um, sure. but it's difficult to connect that with your with with the gifts that God is giving you with 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 um, with you know with with the relationship that you have with God. It can be difficult to make that connection, yeah. uh, and, and that's why I love the point that you made, Mitch, so much that. Um, most people, you know, again, aren't sitting around with a, with a stack of cash saying, man, what am I going to do with this? Nobody, not everybody's Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> That's right. And, and so swimming. swimming in the piles of gold. So that is, that is a, it is, it is a significant, it is as significant probably as anything uh, that we do as Christians to surrender, again, to surrender your will, to surrender your desires, uh, and, and to maybe surrender your fears, uh, and to make that to make that leap, to make that step of, you know, of giving, you know, giving away. Mm. Faithfully giving. Faithfully giving away. In the surrender. And then with that, I think that's it. I love it. That was a good one. We ran out of, we, sands we ran of, out of sand. Sands of time have ended. Um, Corey, you want to say anything to the wonderful people before we send them off here? Adios. No, go uh, and grow. Uh, adios. We'll see you next week. <laughs>